Today's guest, John Charlifu, President and Chief Operating Officer at Mira. There could be very high margins on the remanufactured part. And a, a number of manufacturers over the years, if you think of the good, better, best type of classification, certainly the, the new part, because of perception too, the new part would be classified as the best. So remanufacturing might be classified uh, slightly lower, but again, the reality is it's as good or better than new. Tech Talk, the automotive aftermarket podcast. Hi and welcome to the second season of our Tech Talk aftermarket podcast here from Tech Alliance. As teased already, Season 2 will be all about the North American aftermarket. Live recorded at Apex Las Vegas, we have plenty of interesting guests across the whole aftermarket value chain. As over here in Europe, also in the US, sustainability is one of the biggest topics right now. So I'm pretty happy to have John Chalifu from Mira as our first guest giving us insights, especially on remanufactured parts and what Mira is doing in this field as a division of MIMA, the Vehicle Suppliers Association. We talked about how remanufacturing fits into the broader sustainability topic, what Mira has achieved in its already 12 years of existence, that wording plays an important role in the whole process of bringing remanufactured parts back into the market, that these parts are also a great business case, and how topics like electrification and e-commerce affect the remanufactured parts business in the future. John's highly knowledgeable in the field, extremely passionate, he's a real advocate of the remanufacturing topic and I think he's on the right track with all his initiatives we are going to talk about. Generally a nice guy as well, so without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast. Live from Apex with our next Tech Talk session, we have John here from Mira. John, thanks a lot for taking the time today. I know you're quite a busy man. Thank, thank you, Christian. Um, really look forward to speaking with you uh, right here live from the show floor. How, how is the perception of, of this year's Apex for you again? Because for, for me, basically, last Apex was 2019 because 2020 there was COVID and 2021 we were not able to, to, to travel or it was at least it was very complicated to travel to the US. Is it now back to normal? This year's Apex is so close back to normal. Uh, the numbers are in and it's, we have about 94% attendance. And I've been walking the show floor for a good part of the day and it, it feels really good. Yeah, it so. feels it, it it feels it really feels like it's bouncing back. And I guess and I and I and I say that or we talk about it with all our, our guests in the tech talk, especially for the aftermarket, is really a people business. So it's people to people and you Absolutely. know you know all the different guys. You you're walking the floors and then and then you hear your name shouted from, from every angle. So it's like a big family come together. That it is, and that's why it's so so great to be back and to see so many people and a lot of the familiar faces. And as you know, too, there's always the great chance to make those new connections. Definitely. And uh, I guess here in the North American market, many people will know what Mira is and know what you're doing. But for our broader international community, could you give us a little introduction about yourself, what you guys do at Mira and what you are actually doing? Now? Sure. So we're Mira the Association for Sustainable Manufacturing, and we are part of the larger MIMA, the Modern Equipment Manufacturers Association. We are one of the four divisions within MIMA, and we were launched in 2011. 
So we're uh, celebrating our 12th year right now. And our goal from the start has been to elevate and mainstream remanufacturing and all of the great members that are in the remanufacturing community. That's great. So then uh, sustainability is quite a hot topic currently in the market. So for, for our listeners, where in the broader sustainability topic does remanufacturing fit in? Well, remanufacturing is probably one of the uh, best examples in, in circularity in the, in the circular economy for sure. And then in sustainability in general, if you look at Merriam-Webster, sustainable means to harvest or to, I'll paraphrase, use something without completely using it up. And that's exactly what our industry does. We harvest the core material yeah. and we basically make that core material through a manufacturing process like new again. So hence, it was a handful of years ago, but we looked at better communicating what our members do And we started to use some language that we thought the rest of the world would understand. Um, most people, unless you're in the industry, don't really understand remanufacturing, but no. they certainly understand the word sustainable and the word manufacturing. And when you put them together, it's a great way to describe remanufacturing. And how, how far have you come? So what, what has changed in the last 12 years? Oh, I'll say 12 years ago when we, when we first started, the We knew that the reality was that remanufactured parts were as good or better than new, but the perception certainly wasn't there. So we took a number of steps along the way with members to change the narrative. Using sustainable manufacturing uh, is one way that we've done that. We've also done, I'll say, uh, kind of a paradigm shift. We, we look at remanufacturing. It's a, it's a long word. It has a nickname of reman, which... Yep. Um, is is okay but it you do, i know you don't like it i don't like it you know that yes and why don't i like it uh, a couple of reasons it, it really gets lost in so many other rewords and what we looked at it when we looked at it we said well remanufacturing is the only reword with manufacturing in its name so we want to focus on the manufacturing and that's what we've done with the sustainable manufacturing and we even introduced a quality process certification called Manufactured Again. So before we get maybe a little deeper into that, th if you think about it for a moment, uh, sure, remanufacturing uh, takes core material and it reuses that core. But when those component parts, before they enter that manufacturing assembly process, they're cleaned, inspected, and validated so the overall part can perform like new. Who cares? Um, big deal if those parts had a previous yep. life. And as I like to say over the years, when you bought a new component, did you ask how old the iron ore was when they scooped it out of the earth? So what really matters is that the product is uh, processed, again, in a, in a standardized industrial process, and it has that like new quality and the like new condition. So we've been trying to better communicate that and... Um, Again, that's just uh, the, the path we've taken over over the 12 years so far. And we think we're making some real progress, but we know that there's there's more that needs to be done. No, I, to I, I totally agree. And even in the, in the discussions I had uh, back home in Europe, it never really came up that, 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 that you can create this barrier just by language. 
and I and I as I said, I totally agree that like to bring the manufacturing in, it adds like a layer of quality. You know, something gets remanufactured and not it's not a reman part. Reman is really colloquial. You know, someone you think like this some some guy doing some dodgy things in his garage and then is selling me this part again and putting the emphasis on this manufacturing process again. I think it's it's a really really nice angle you take there. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, if we, we want to talk about a real win. So shortly after we formed the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, which has uh, the nickname is the Used Auto Parts Guides. About, and, and I know when there's one, one word which you hate more than Riemann, it is used. It's used, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, maybe I'll make this point, then we can talk about <laughs> about used. So you'll you'll get some of it here. So so the guides basically um, look at auto parts, and it puts auto parts into two buckets. One yeah. is new, and everything else is used. So a salvaged part, a repaired part, a rebuilt part even a remanufactured part. Yeah. So the essence of the guides is if a part is not new, you can't say it's new and you can't say it's not used. So we petitioned the Federal Trade Commission and we said remanufactured, not new, not used. And that's exactly what we do with our uh, MEMA DC office when we work on free trade agreements. We actually have three categories, new, yeah. remanufactured and, and used. So Uh, two years after we petitioned the FTC, they came back and they elevated remanufactured parts and they elevated it above rebuilt. Um, but the other reason I don't like the word used is if we go back to free trade agreements used in um, many, I'll say countries, can we write to, as we spoke before, to waste? Yes. And we never want we never want remanufactured parts to be associated with waste or the core material that uh, is processed to be considered and waste. That, that's exactly the, the same issue we are having in Europe because uh, under European regulation, mm -hmm. as soon as a part is declared as waste, you cannot do anything without it anymore. Just put it, uh, put it in the bin, so, basically. So we work closely with um, some other industry associations. And uh, in 2016... We introduced a, a definition, an international industry definition of remanufacturing the process. And we work closely with APRA Europe and also QIPA. Yeah. Um, and basically what we, what we said is, or the way we define core, it's previously sold, worn, or non-functional. That's what core is. Yeah. Just those, those three classifications basically. And it, and it, makes, a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. Um, previously sold, it could be in outstanding condition, but it's no longer considered new or brand new. Um, worn would be a part that uh, is performing its function, but let's say it's not doing it all that well, or maybe it's not going to last much longer. So it has some wear and tear then. I, I liken that to a car going down the road and the wheels are shaking. It's still functional, but it's but you you know it needs um, it needs attention. And then of course, non-functional means it doesn't work at all. So um, those are the words that we have utilized instead of using the word used. But do you also think that, so I, I am thinking that maybe like historically, uh, this is kind of a homemade problem by the manufacturers because when the sustainability topic was not 
so up high on the list, of course, they had the intention to sell a new part and probably talk down a remanufactured part because there's the higher margin on a new part. And now they see that there's also a lot of business to be made and it fits the, 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 the current zeitgeist. And now they have the issue to kind of elevate these remanufactured parts again. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there could be very high margins on the remanufactured part. And a, a number of manufacturers over the years, if you think of the good, better, best type of classification, yeah. uh, certainly the, the new part, uh, because of perception too, the new part would be classified as the best. Yeah. So remanufacturing might be classified uh, s slightly lower. But again, the reality is it's as good or better than new. And it really just ends up being more of a pricing or a positioning yeah. that the that the manufacturer might want might want to have. And that this is something I guess people need to understand. You mentioned it before. A remanufactured part is a new part because it's like newly manufactured and it, it's it's not used. I, you your know? memory is fantastic, Christian. Right. So When you can think I of, be your, your next brand ambassador? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you are, actually. Right. Uh, 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 the part starts out as an OE part. Yeah. So it has OE fit and function. So the wonderful thing about it is when you remanufacture it, let's say you, you are basically you have that OE fit and you are br also bringing it back to that OE function. And um, that's why... Right. It, it, it literally is. You're taking the original part and you're just making it like new. Yes. And may, maybe in the process, you know, when it when it was made, manufactured first mm -hmm. and it's manufactured now, maybe you can do something different and make it even more better. Well, awesome. You bring that up. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, there's so much to be learned in. You, you can learn a lot about a part when you're testing it in the uh, in the laboratory. But. Think of all the real life testing you're getting when it's out on the road, the roads and all those years. So whatever you learn about, and I don't like the word failure either. Yes. I don't like failure is conclusion. It's a conclusionary word. Um, when a part malfunctions, you find out what caused it to malfunction and you can engineer a better solution. So that's why we use the language that it can be better than new. Because the engineers who are working on the remanufacturing of that part can actually introduce uh, some, it's almost like an engineering change notice to make that part last longer. Yes, definitely. And I, I also think which, which plays into, into, the, into the rise of these remanufactured parts is uh, electrification. Because electrification, the vehicles, they will have they will consist of lesser parts than a combustion en engine, but the certainly more labor expensive and material expensive parts will be in there. Like, let's take the battery, for instance, a big battery package, and then it becomes really lucrative. Then it becomes a, a big business case being at the forefront and manufacturing these. You, you are the new ambassador so <laughs> for remanufacturing. Because if you look at in the past... And, you, and we look at some of the more traditional parts, call it an engine. Yep. And especially, let's say it's a, it's a truck engine. Um, a lot of the value was there because of the mass, because of all the material that was being used. And it was instantly known that 
when the ability to remanufacture that engine was there, that that core material, that that the original engine was more valuable to be remanufactured than just to be scrapped. And as we look ahead and we look at parts as we've gone from the mechanical to the electromechanical to the electronics, and now everything that we're seeing, especially with EVs, it really is a value-added core. And the value is no longer just based on the mass. It's the complexity. It's the amount of electronics on board. It's so many, so many things come into play. And one of the examples we like to use, because it's pretty clear, is that headlamp example. So uh, the headlamp, it could have been a sealed beam headlamp, yeah. or it could have been, as I think we discussed, just changing a bowl. Yes, that's what um, I remember when we discussed, right. and I was complaining. It was my first yeah. car, I could change my, my light bulb myself, <laughs> yeah. and now no chance to yeah. get even yeah. into. So, so I'm a little older, and, and my first car, I, I would just change the sealed beam headlamp. Yeah. But the good thing is neither one of us is old enough to remember that those lamps used to be lit. Um, so, yeah. but the... Uh, The, the idea there is that you look at headlamps today and they are so complex and even a salvage part can cost in the U.S. hundreds yeah. of dollars per side. So why would, why would you think of discarding that? Um, we could talk about circularity and we could talk about what might happen with that part. But and they so also take in like we just experienced recently with, with COVID, the supply chain issues. I mean, you can't even get the materials to produce new parts. Absolutely. And because of that, and because remanufacturing is more regional, you have, you have those parts uh, available right there. One, one of the images I've used over the years is I would I, I'd look out my office window and I think of a couple of things. There's a pretty major intersection right there with a traffic light. And I said to If I walked out in the street right now and just asked people driving by, now this is outside Detroit, so this is you know the Motor City. Yeah, and I mentioned Reman. How many of them would really know what it is? Um, and the answer would be probably very few. Um, the other is when you look out the window and you see all the vehicles going down. That's all the future core. Yes, all the future core is being transported on a daily basis until the point when it's needed. And I also, you mentioned that who, who's going to know what it is, but that's something you guys are, are trying to tackle with all your initiatives. I see it here. I see the 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 the, the logo badge you are wearing with the the with the with the four uh, recycling arrows. Then you have the remanufacturing uh, badge. So what is this about? So. The recycling symbol has been around basically since 1970. And we all know the three arrows. Reduce. And, and now is the time we need to mention your website because we are audio only and people want to want to see it. They need to need to look okay. it up. So what's your so, URL quickly? So if you go to manufacturedagain.com and right on the first page, you'll be able to see an animation of what I'm about to uh, discuss. And then we'll take that right into the certification program. So we knew that Remanufacturing, I'll go back to, we wanted to elevate and mainstream remanufacturing. So elevate was more on the quality side to put a hurdle in place. That's the certification coming in just a moment. The mainstream was we wanted to make sure we had a seat at the table in any discussion on recycling or the circular economy. 
And if you look at the recycling symbol, uh, three arrows, great. But we knew it would be more stable if we had a fourth arrow. Think of a three-legged uh, table. Yes. I see we it's, have four legs. three-wheeled car. We, we, yes, we have four legs on this table, yeah. right? So we opened up the symbol and we inserted a fourth arrow. Reduce, reuse, remanufacture, recycle. We should always, always consider remanufacturing before traditional recycling. And that was one of our ways to, uh, in a symbol uh, graphically to show uh, how important remanufacturing is. We have a trademark on the symbol and we utilize that symbol inside the certification mark for our certification program called Manufactured Again. And that's the website I just mentioned. So Manufactured Again is where new manufacturing and remanufacturing are held to the same international quality standards. It is based on ISO 9001 and IATF 16949. You have to be a remanufacturer and you have to be third party certified to one of those two standards. And it really is a chance for us to put a hurdle in place because uh, it's about a, the quality process. And we all know that ISO 9001, IATF 16949, it's about do what you document and document what you do. Yeah. And maybe I'll just add one other point really quickly. That came out of a bit of a, a paradigm shift in, in thinking. Because originally, yeah, because I guess you, you, you told me that initially you were planning to, to do your, your own guideline for it. And then you, you said, but there are guidelines there already following you. So just, just use them. Absolutely. So, uh, so two things came into play. Number one, if we had our own remanufacturing standard, how are we going to have it third party certified? Yeah. And did our member companies... Did our member companies really need more auditors coming through their facilities? So when you look at that, the fact that remanufacturing is manufacturing, and if you want to show that you're as good as someone else, then don't create your own test. Show you pass the same test. Yes. So we were able to do a couple of things. First of all, there's a lot of rigor that our members go through to get certified for either ISO or IETF. No. And this was a way for us to uh, to keep the rigor that's already there and to basically uh, show that remanufacturing is manufacturing. So how you handle your incoming core, that's how you handle, that. what's your process for your incoming materials? How do you handle trying to make that part maybe better than new? That's how does your engineering team handle that process. All of that can be captured by one of those two existing standards. And we absolutely did not want to have the ability for someone to self-certify because as we all know, no one's ever failed a self-certification. That's true. No, and I guess I guess this is this is both great for for the remanufacturers to to have this uh, acknowledgement of their work but also for a potential customer of these parts so he can he can see that this is properly done and it, you know it, it, there's no there's no fear anymore or or question or questions where this part comes from and how the process was of remanufacturing so it's like a, a great a quality sign it, it's a great quality sign and one of the things that 
we've been doing now is we need to continue to get the word out. So let me just uh, clarify the certification processes about the facility. Yeah. So the facility is certified, and that means that the parts that come out of that facility are associated with that certification. So just to be clear, it's not a part certification. There's no testing that's done in separately on the parts themselves. But with that said, we've been working with our members so that when they're working on their cataloging, yep. they can they can link the parts that are associated with the certification and they can do that within the cataloging and we're working uh, with uh, Pi's data and the rest. Yep. And there's also a little uh, marketing piece in a PDF type function that can be clicked on and and, yep. uh, and can be shown when, let's say, a technician is looking for a part. So a technician or a body, or uh, sorry, a technician or a shop owner or whoever it may be is looking for a really good quality part, great value, and they want to know that it's part of this program. We're looking to make it easier for it to be uh, located in cataloging. Yeah, definitely, and and I think not not it's it shouldn't be or it doesn't necessarily have to be limited to to our traditional cataloging systems. I mean, we saw the rise of e-commerce in the in within the last years, also in the aftermarket. I mean, if I look over there, I see I see Walmart having having a big boost, e-commerce player. So I think for these, it would be also very interesting to have like this officially acknowledged uh, badge to show that the remanufactured parts they're selling are really remanufactured. We talked uh, about eBay before because they are doing some similar uh, stuff w with other goods for especially for for we talked about a sneaker sneakers or collectible sneakers where and I they know do, you like collecting sneakers yes I do <laughs> and they do like, like the certification in house too this is more like, like about authentication but it's basically the same you you want to lower the fear of your customer and you want to demonstrate this is a high quality product so I think this batch would be interesting for e-commerce as well yes absolutely and we we say get the mark lead the way get the mark and the mark is is available to be placed on the packaging yeah. of the parts that are associated with it. So, in fact, if you go by our booth, we have a number of boxes set up with our members' names, and you can see the certification mark right on the box. Uh, if it's a, if it's let's say a, a large diesel engine, um, maybe there's no real box that it goes yeah. in, but you could put a hang tag. As long as the as long as the certification mark isn't is not permanently affixed to the part. Um, then there's ways to even show it at the part level or even the box level. Definitely, and uh, I I know you had you had a couple of campaigns. Even though we we all know now that I will be your next brand ambassador, I guess in to, for the build up to Apex. And now currently you also have some some ambassador guy at oh, your booth. You're you're too you good. So so for See, those I've that, done my homework yeah you've definitely <laughs> done your homework so for those that are looking at manufacturedagain.com at the very top of the page there's a picture of a young man with a big smile on his face and he's holding one of the boxes that i'm describing this is future me yeah, it's a future yes the future you and and he's proudly handing it over the counter because he knows that that part came from a certified facility so Because it's manufactured again, certification, we call that person Mac. And we have, uh, it's not the same exact person, but for 
that this will be the second year now. Mac will be at Apex, in fact, tomorrow. And uh, we will have, uh, it's part of our part of our Green Shoes marketing program too. So if you if you know our area over at Apex, the remanufacturing Oh yeah, that's section, the hashtag. Green, what was the hashtag? Green trainers, green shoes? Well, we... Um, I, I saw I it on LinkedIn. I'd probably have to ask Cheryl to tell me which hashtag that we're, we're using, but we've rolled out the green carpet in the section and yeah. um, we're going to show that remanufacturing walks the talk on sustainability um, by having the green shoes tomorrow too. So in fact, they're not just green shoes, they're, they're green Converse or, you know, Chuck Taylors oh, as they nice. call Yeah. So the green Chucks. So but, uh, talking about like hip footwear, uh, do you think like also with the generational change we see in the aftermarket so i talked with others uh, as well about it that we have like now a new bunch of younger leaders coming into the market and as i said before now it, it really is the the the, the side guys to to be more sustainable and maybe also not even on a decision making level in the aftermarket but also on the customer side you know the young people nowadays they shop pre-owned fashion they shop pre-owned and electronics that would be another example because at least in europe you know when you buy something on amazon you can buy it new then it costs like i don't know phone costs 600 but you can buy it used like new and then it's 400 and a lot of people or younger people especially are doing this right now so we say quality value green those are three words to describe the characteristics of a remanufactured good yeah. and quality And we've said it probably enough times, as good or better than new. And we focused on a quality program. We all know that there's value there because generally speaking, a remanufactured part will cost less than new, as you just said, Christian. Yeah. You, gave it, you gave a really good example. And value is an equation. It's the benefit over the cost. So if the quality is as good and the cost is lower, then that's uh, instant value. And then... The green, we've talked about it a bit, but uh, there's so much more for us to, uh, you know, to do in this space, whether it's going to be um, putting, a, you know, some more data to what we're talking about, uh, life cycle assessments, LCAs. In today's world on sustainability and ESG, there's so much more that we can do there to really get the, the message across. But uh, one more thing I was going to say because I thought it was a great example. You talked about the you know, younger people particularly. Yep. When we changed our brand descriptor to the Association for Sustainable Manufacturing, one of our board members was interviewing uh, someone and he decided that he was going to use that language instead of remanufacturing. And he said it made a world of a difference. Yeah. So he had somebody come in for an interview. In the past, he might try to describe, explain what remanufacturing is. When he talked about sustainable manufacturing, he said he could really see how the, their eyes were lighting up more so than with his older uh, narrative. Yes, definitely. And uh, as we are coming now to an end of our little session, so the last question I always ask uh, ask our guests, so we're looking a bit into the future. So if we will meet again at Apex in 2030, what will have happened until then for you or in general for the market? What will be the situation in eight years' time? So I think the future for remanufacturing is very bright. Yes. And because we're all going to be driven to reuse as much as possible. And remanufacturing and remanufacturers are already doing that today. 
So as we continue to push the narrative, as we help the perception catch up with the reality and people are greater, uh, there's greater acceptance, as you as you mentioned, for, let's say, a part that had a previous life. Um, there's so many great there's so many great opportunities for our our industry again. And it comes back to this. It's manufacturing. Who cares that the product had a previous life? The quality is there. The value is there. And boy, is it really green? Yes, definitely. And I also think like the story around it also must be because like when talking about recycling, there's always like a positive uh, perception. Oh, this is getting recycled. It's really great. But recycling is like the lower, the lower end of this scale. You know, recycling is okay. You reuse the raw materials, but remanufacturing is right on top because with, web, with web, much less effort, you give this part a purpose again. And that's why when we opened the recycling symbol, we put the remanufacturing arrow in the third position. Yeah. Because it should always occur before traditional recycling. And recycling is, it, if it can't be remanufactured, then let's talk about recycling. Definitely. Last question. Will the Islanders win another Stanley Cup <laughs> until 2030? Um, I am hoping and so is my entire family. I have, <laughs> I was fortunate enough to uh, see the Islanders win four Stanley Cups in a row. And uh, I have uh, children, two daughters and a son who would like to see them win one. So uh, I'm going to say yes. Great. Fingers let's go Islanders. Fingers crossed from my side. Let's go Islanders. Thank you very much Thanks, for Christian. your time again. Nice talking to you. Same here. Thank you. It's a wrap. Really interesting talk with John here. Fantastic guest to kick off season two. What quite sticks out to me are his thoughts about how important wording is regarding remanufactured parts. I think it's brilliant because of course wording and framing make such a big difference. The aftermarket tends to approach most topics quite technically. I think we are all guilty of that. So definitely something we can learn from Mira here. Even more because the use of remanufactured parts is inevitable in the future to push the whole market towards sustainability. It was great talking to John, who was appointed as Chief Sustainability Officer and COO of MIMA just recently, so I'm hoping we can catch up soon and talk about all the new and exciting topics of his new role. If you guys liked what you heard, feel free to leave a positive review. If you want to learn more about John, Mira and all the initiatives we talked about, you will find the links in the show notes. So long, take care and bye bye.